This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode 145. I'm Peter Mitchell here with Jackson Stover, and the boys are back oh, after yeah. a little holiday. Yeah, a holiday hiatus. Um, life's been coming fast. We needed to recharge our batteries. We're back now. We're gonna be going once a week um, for the foreseeable future. We'll let you know if that will change. And on today's show, Jackson, did I, did I miss anything there? No. And honestly, I I was mainly the reason for the hiatus. I went to a conference. I got COVID. I was stuck at home. Then I end up getting clear of COVID. Get home in time for the holidays. It's been the last month has been a mess. And like you were saying. Much needed break, but we've just been letting the takes marinate for the last month. So this, I mean, it's the longest break we've taken in two and a half years. So by logic, this has to be the best pod we've recorded in two and a half years. So oh, pumped. Yeah, my my work hours ramped up. I went home, spending time with the family, which I needed to do. And I'm ready to roll. Watch a lot of bowl games. So we're going to oh, start yeah. with that. We're going to talk college football, some of the big transfer news that you guys have heard. And we'll touch on the national championship game just very briefly before we move on to an NFL Super Bowl contender draft. Jackson and I are going to each draft seven teams who we think is most likely to go on a run and win the damn thing. And we're going to wrap it up with what we watched over the break. Movies, TV, just shoot the shit a little bit. Let's have some fun. Let's get into it. Okay, let's start with bowl season. And we might as well start with your team. The Oklahoma State Cowboys made a miraculous right. comeback against Notre Dame. Walk us through it. What were the big takeaways? For me, it was seeing Malcolm Rodriguez, the senior standout, make the interception, pretty much tying the knot on the game. It was awesome. I thought they were buried, but they did it. Absolutely. I actually, as pessimistic as I get with the pokes and all, all the chokes and everything, I felt good down 28 to seven because we really just terrible. had, we had a few defensive lapses and you lose your defensive coordinator. Things, things change. You know, good we note. didn't have the game plan right to start. We were giving them way too much space at the line of scrimmage. We weren't jamming them at all. We were letting them just get the check downs, the five, six, seven, eight yard, easy completions time after time. And then, we finally made some adjustments. We got to halftime. Gundy did his thing. As much as I bag on Gundy, the dude is one hell of a halftime coach. I mean, he gets them going. He makes the adjustments. The pokes in the first half compared to the pokes in the second half this year and over his tenure, it's night and day. So I felt good that if we could just keep it within a couple scores, we'd be all right. And then Tay Martin had the terrible first half, the drops, and everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. So we bounced back second half. At one point, I believe we went on a 30-0 to zero scoring run, and uh, yep. we just crushed it the second half. Spencer Sanders balled out. We tried the poke choke. We fumbled twice in the red zone in the fourth quarter, but we held on. It didn't matter, and frankly, we should have won by three scores. But I'll take the win. I'm not complaining. I was thrilled. Great game. Yeah. 2-0 in the Fiesta Bowl in my lifetime, beat Stanford with Andrew Luck in 2011, now beat Notre Dame. Something about Two those biggest big... wins in program history, maybe? I mean, Bedlam's up Other there. Other than 1945. Like... Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even count that, but okay. Um, good note on Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator. He is going to Ohio State, if you mm -hmm. did not know that. Um, great win for the program. How do you feel about him going into next year? Sanders back. I feel pretty good. I mean, I know we're going to lose Rodriguez and a couple guys on defense. One or two might declare Older for the draft. Defense. I think we'll be all right. I mean, damn near the entire offense is coming back. Yes, we will lose a couple pieces on defense, but I feel like when you get that good infrastructure in place, even if you lose a little bit of talent and you know your DC, I, I still think we'll have a pretty darn solid defense next year. And if we can even get two-thirds of what Spencer Sanders showed in this Notre Dame game, we'll be really good next year. So we'll see what happens, but I feel pretty good. And I think we're going to have a damn good chance to contend at the big 12. Love it. All right. Alamo bowl. Bob Stoops was back on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. the energy was different. They, they said they were treating this like the beginning of the Venables era. It felt like it. You saw Bob take his visor off, put it on Brent's head after the game. I loved it. I grew up hating OU. I thoroughly enjoyed this game. Caleb Williams, 
put on before he entered the transfer portal. <laughs> Kennedy Brooks, good Kennedy for Brooks him. Balled. He balled. Ten, yeah, over 10 yards of carry. Just dominated Oregon. They tried to make a little comeback. The big news is Caleb Williams, though. Yeah, and I've got some stuff on that. Um, first, hear though, it. Oh, OU balled. I mean, impressive victory. Oregon tried a little comeback attempt, but they the margin was just too big. Worth noting, Oregon had a shit ton of players out. They had a 30 guys scholarship playing. players yeah, out. Yeah, they had a couple yeah. guys playing both but ways. So on, still an on impressive OU's win. Side. OU came out fired up. They were missing guys too. They had Nick an Benito, for the Perrion, Winfrey, yes. Right. Two but best defensive players. On the transfer portal, if you were an OU fan, how concerned would you be right now? Because at this point, Rattler and Stogner, both to South Carolina, Hazelwood gone, Mario Williams gone. That's two of their better wide receivers. And now Caleb Williams is likely going to be gone, although he hasn't ruled out coming back to OU. But at this point, I feel like who's going to offer him the best NIL deals and best shot at getting to the league? That's where he's going to go. That's kind of the beat I have on it. But if I'm an OU fan looking at this and – Obviously, the coaching stuff happened. We're potentially going to lose our two five-star quarterbacks that are both probably going to wind up in the NFL. We're going to lose a ton of our receiving talent. We lost a lot of four and five stars that are supposed to come in next year. How confident are we that we could even win the Big 12 or compete in the SEC potentially in a couple years? I mean, if I were an OU fan, I don't think I'd feel that great right now. I wouldn't be that concerned. Next year may be a little bit difficult with some of these departures, but you didn't mention Dylan Gabriel, ex-UCF quarterback. He committed already. He did, people, but he's he's no he's no Caleb Williams, that's right, for he's, sure. He's no Caleb Williams, but there's been good love for him. People think he's legit. And they have a kid, Nick Evers. He's another top, you know, five star freshman coming in. So Fair. I'm not worried about that. They bring they do in, have plenty of talent. They've always I mean their receivers that they've got, their fourth and fifth string guys are usually bigger recruits coming out of high school than the guys Oklahoma State starting. So yes. that's fair. They get Levy, the OC under Lane Kiffin from Ole Miss. He comes in to lead the offense. Love that pairing with Venables, two powerhouse coaches there. Not really concerned about it. Caleb Williams, though. Okay. I have heard rumblings of Georgia, Notre Dame, and Miami. I Which heard of, USC today. I heard that he's been talking well, to Lincoln and could follow him there still. That one seems to make the most sense because Slovis is transferring to Pitt. I don't know yeah. if we've talked about that. There's an opening there. I guess and, that's true. They have some recruits coming in, but I think Caleb Williams would get the edge on any true freshman. Right. I mean, his They can coach, always redshirt. Lincoln Riley promoted him over Rattler. Clearly, he believes in him as true. a true freshman. So if the bag is big enough, I could totally see him doing that. How um, much? What, what do you think the number is going to be in terms of total NIL money he would get or value, whether they're giving him houses, cars, whatever it is? Total I mean, amount. You think we're talking like a million or you think we're talking like 10 million? No, I... I the Quinn Ewers deal from Ohio State, he got a million to go there and then left to go back to Texas where he always wanted to go and couldn't go because he graduated high school early. I think it's going to be in that ballpark. Like okay. People have seen this guy play, whereas Ewers is a question mark. So I would I pay a million bucks crazy, for dude. an I, actual I think, product. That's what I'm saying. I think the bidding war could get pretty darn high. I think he's going to be offered cars and houses and anything you could imagine any any type of deal they could make quote unquote legit they're going to do to get them there especially the big name schools that are going to want it those those boosters those people involved with the program that have a car dealership or a real estate business they'll figure out a way to get him on a pretty fat nil deal we'll see notre dame does not seem like a scheme fit in no, my eyes I, I would not want to go to notre dame yeah georgia also not so much but you're going to have a chance at a national championship. So I wouldn't blame him for that. And then the U they just got Cristobal, but their quarterback Tyler Van Dyke played pretty damn well through mm -hmm. 10 games, 25 to six TD int ratio, nine yards per attempt was identical to Caleb Williams. Man. He put up points. Yeah. So there's competition there. We'll find out. Um, anything else on this one? No, I'm just curious to watch how all of this shakes out. Cause I mean, it, it's he's a free agent. 
it's crazy. Like college football is college athletics in general have totally changed. Okay. Quicker one. I, I think you have a little bit on the Rose bowl game. Yeah. Other than Holy Smith and Jigba, I don't have a ton. <laughs> um, when he's able to be drafted, I believe not this coming draft, but the one he's after a freshman, I think. I think this was a second season. Not sure if he was a redshirt freshman or a sophomore, but I think not this year's draft, but next year he will be in the draft. And I'm curious if that's the case, he's a top 10 lock, right? I mean, if he's putting up numbers like that, 15 for 347 and three touchdowns. Yes, he was a sophomore this season, uh, but he led the team in receiving yards that while they have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who are mm-hmm. both probably going to be first rounders, Wilson being the first receiver taken. Yep. That was nuts. He should be the Belitnikov front runner going into next year. That's for sure. Agreed. And I think we could see a situation where him and Stroud both wind up being top five. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. They're going to be very high power next season. That was a fun game. It was, man. That was a blast. I dozed off in the second quarter and woke up. I think I'd been asleep for 15 minutes and 35 points had been put on the board combined in, in like literally seven minutes of play. He was a cheat code. Um, yeah, man, wild game, wild game. Um, any others that we want to touch on or any other thoughts on the Rose Bowl you've got? Nothing on that. I got two other games, the Cheez-It Bowl, Clemson with a solid victory over Iowa State. Really yeah. rough year for Brock Purdy. I thought, you know, maybe he would light it up, get some NFL Played his looks. way out of probably a decent NFL contract. Yeah, tough to see that. Should mention Brees Hall, their star running back, opted out of that game, so they were shorthanded. Will mm-hmm. Shipley, the running back for Clemson, little white dude, he went nuts. He was sandwiched between... C.J. Spiller and Travis Etienne for most touchdowns for a freshman RB in Clemson history. I was shocked by that. Watch out for him next year. They finished surprisingly strong, man. They finished 10-3, and three, and it felt like they were 7-6. and six. I mean, they very well could have beat Georgia in that early season game if they don't throw a pick six. So Only points for that pick six, yep. Yep. Um, and then the, the last one. Unless you want to talk about Purdue, Tennessee. That was just No, wild. I mean, wild game. Awesome. Lots of fun. But I, I could give less of a shit about either of those teams, in all honesty. Okay. Last one. Stockwatch on South Carolina and Shane Beamer. This program. They're going to have a good year next year. They're turning it around. They spanked UNC, who was a 10-point favorite, in Easy the Mayo money. Bowl. Easy money on that money line. <laughs> I was on the wrong side of that because I was convinced Howell was just no. going to be this first-round QB. Over in South Carolina yeah. money line. It was a lock. Was still buying that crap. But no, these guys love playing for Beamer. He got Stogner and Rattler, which you mentioned earlier. They're going to have some horses. And I was looking at the recruiting. They have the 20th ranked recruiting class in the country. Damn, yeah. that's really good for them. Yeah, but you know where that ranks in the SEC? Probably like 11th. 10th. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to come down to coaching. I believe in him, though. I think they're going to be really good in two, three years. Program to watch. Okay. I'm with you. Are we Are we going to talk about the playoff? Because, I mean, yeah. We're talking about the SEC talent, and it's clear at the top with Bama and Georgia. Their level of talent—it was always Bama and Georgia. (laughs) It was always Bama and Georgia. The level of talent they have is just far superior to anyone else, and they've got men. Everyone else has boys, and I don't know when this is going to change. I don't know if it's when Saban passes away or steps down. But holy shit, I'm tired of seeing them just run through everybody, and I don't even really care to watch this natty. You're gonna watch it, and you're gonna. Well, of course, I'm gonna watch it, it but I'm not excited about it. it. <laughs> I mean, I'll take Bama. Yeah, if they're dogs, give me Bama every time. It's a bad matchup for Georgia. They like are. I said, going into that game, Bama's gonna win. Uh, last I saw is Georgia minus three. three. Yeah, that kind of. I'll take the Bama me. points. I'll take the spread, and then I'll probably take the over as well. Justify that line for me. Justify that line. Does it make I sense? I couldn't tell you. No, it makes no sense. Okay. I think maybe they. Vegas thinks Georgia's the better team and it's hard to beat a really good team twice. I mean, maybe that's the logic, but 
I think just like I said, you know, a couple months ago before this first matchup, it's just a bad matchup for Georgia. Georgia's strength is the run game. Bama's strength is their run defense. Bama's weakness is their pass defense. Georgia's weakness is their pass offense. And if Georgia gets behind in a game, they cannot throw their way back in. It's just a fact. So unless Georgia gets up 14 to three and can just pound the rock and control the game, Bama's going to win again. I'm with you. Um, I don't expect Brian Robinson to go for 200 yards again. It's a different caliber of athlete on the other side there. But yeah, I like Bryce Young as a dog here. We've seen it once. He's shown up all season long. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what Bama receivers are out there. I don't care if it's it's guys that hadn't even got snaps all year. They're so loaded on talent and they're so good. They will be fine. Bryce Young will throw good balls to them. They will make plays and they will score points no matter who is out there. All right. We are both on Bama in the title game. Okay, let's roll. Let's roll. Any other uh, playoff notes, thoughts on the season? Look in here. No, I don't really have anything. Um, would have liked to see a better out or performance from Cincinnati. I don't think Desmond Ritter ever looked comfortable in that game. Yeah, he looked awful. Absolutely awful. They had their chances. They got in the red zone. They and just it looked like Bama it. knew what they were trying to do the whole game. He's getting his passes batted down. Speaking of passes getting batted down, most I've ever seen in a weekend of football ever this past week. Dak Prescott, Kyler. It there was just re- Well, it happens I, I to know, Kyler every but week. But it was ridiculous. Big Ben, man. Baker Mayfield. There he were couldn't a lot. do anything in that game. Just Bang, bang. Well, that's I know, new but either. Just something I noticed. Okay, question on him. Is is he out of a job? Here, let's segue into our Super Bowl contenders draft. Because <laughs> okay. I, well, I thought sure the Browns had one. the roster talent to make a run this year. They got beat up. It didn't happen. Baker played through a torn labrum. They still had decent pieces, though. Like, yes, Baker did have the labrum, and things didn't break his way, but... I mean, just seeing how good Odell has looked with the Rams, it's not like he's been amazing, but he looks 10 times what he was yeah. in Cleveland. And just watching how bad they've fizzled out. And I mean, the the comments from Baker's wife, fiance, girlfriend, whatever the hell she was a month or two ago, it's just... He's married. I don't know, man. Reading the writing <laughs> on the wall, it, it looks it looks pretty, pretty bad. And he's supposed to get 19 mil next year. He's got that big contract, but... There's a lot of other teams that need a quarterback that uh, might swing and miss in the draft or free agency and figure, screw it, we'll just call the Browns and take Baker off their hands. Maybe maybe it's NBA style and the Browns have to throw in some picks with him to get him off their hands, but I would want off his money. I'm, I'm Googling something real quick. There's going to be a lot of moving quarterbacks. I think like we saw last year, the little quarterback carousel, I think it's coming again this year. Pittsburgh's going to have an opening. I could see someone like maybe Derek Carr getting traded there. Baker, I think, will probably be on the move. I mean, there's going to be teams like the Redskins that have openings. It's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty darn interesting. Do the Lions hold on to Goff? Do the Eagles roll with Jalen Hurts? I think at this point they've got to. And it, it's it's going to be a pretty pretty dicey. Tua does Miami bring Tua back? There's a lot. So. I don't know why I was thinking that he was a free agent this offseason. No, he's got like a four-year big yeah, back. No, he's got an extension coming. But, man, he he showed he's not worth the $40 million deal. I never really thought that, but at this point, you really can't exceed anything over, I'd say, $20 million. And if you do, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, you look at the Vikings, Kirk Cousins is competent, right? But he's not yeah. so, he's not worth that much money like Patrick Mahomes, where he can make the plays and get you over the hump. Right. It's obvious. You need that money to get pieces around him. Right. You know what I mean? Like Baker is not a guy that you can give the big money to and he'll figure it out. He's so good. You know, like a, a Peyton Manning where it's like Austin Collie and Pierre Garçon. Like you don't need that great of receivers. Peyton's so good, he'll make them great. It's not like that with Baker. They need the money to pay for some good weapons. And I'm curious now because I'm not 100% certain on the years or figure of his contract. How many years and how much money is it? Like how, how bad 
are the Browns down right now? Because it sounds like they're down pretty bad if it's the deal that I think it is. I'm looking. Just just cut this whenever you're doing your thing. <laughs> okay. Dude, I could have sworn. I'm seeing a four-year, $32 million deal. Whoa, that was that his was. original deal as a number one pick. He yeah, so he's got nineteen year. million next year. Then he's an unrestricted free agent in twenty twenty three. How did that happen? Did he just get a one year extension, or was his rookie contract structured to just be incredibly back heavy? I mean, it looks like his base salary was less than a million each of the first four years, and he had a five million dollars signing bonus for each, and then a roster bonus as well that's increased over the last couple years. And then it looks like 2022, he's just flat out getting the entire 19 mil base salary. No no money for signing, no roster bonus, nothing else. Just the 19 mil straight on the books. So I feel like at that point, Cleveland probably has to hold on to him for this one last year. I mean, you don't want to trade a dude on an expiring $19 million deal that's going to have no value. Okay. Might as well just I've got him. it. They exercise the fifth-year option. So he is under contract for 19 19- through next season. I do think there is legit okay. talk about him being traded though. There's gotta be. I mean, there's those fans, poor, poor Browns fans. Cause they got so excited after the last couple of years just to get but blue balls, man. They the got th- the thing is they were never healthy at the same time. He's literally playing with the torn labrum all season. His starting right tackle was out. He just got his ass beat by TJ Watt. Like, I don't think it's all on his shoulders. It was just. That's fair. That's fair. But then you've also got guys like Aaron Rodgers who are missing half of their no. offensive line. You had Devontae who was out is, a game or two. He's playing that with a broken to toe. I know they're not even close. They're not even close to the same stratosphere. But like the guys who are the guys figure it out with a missing lineman or a missing tackle or a missing receiver or a missing running back. You don't, you know, the best ones don't have to have all the pieces healthy at the right time. Sure. It helps, but when you're great, you're great. And you make others around you great. Even if they're not that great on their own, you know what I'm saying? He is a trailer. He is not a truck. And I will not be drafting him in our little draft here. Let's get it started. Well, I'd hope not, man. They're eliminated. <laughs> um, I'll give you first pick. Okay, so what we're doing here is we're just gonna go back and forth. You know, like, uh, are, are we doing snake draft style or just alternate? Alternate picks, picks. yeah. Just alternate, right? Okay, so we're essentially just taking teams that we think are going to win the Super Bowl. So team that I feel best about winning the Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs. They're my number one pick. I've been on them all year. I'm staying on them. I'm going to keep sprinkling the futures here and there because the money line for them to win a Super Bowl has jumped a little bit, and they are now at plus 500, where for parts of the year, they were plus 350, plus 400. So I'll take that plus 500 coming off the Bengals loss. Okay. I like the pick. That's where I would have gone. I think, yeah, I really? mean, the fire department was out in Cincinnati hosing the Chiefs with all those penalties. Whoa. That, that end of the game the was end of the weird. game was bizarre. They literally just did not want to yeah. see the Chiefs win. It's okay, but they're back. They've showed up. Um, I don't know why they didn't double Jamar Chase. That was idiotic. I don't know. I mean, they should have just let Sorensen go one-on-one, single coverage, just line him up at corner and let him get exposed. It was bad. I, I don't know what the game yeah, plan was I there. Yeah, I mean, he single-handedly dominated them. Very impressive. Yeah, okay, so I'm curious. Are you going to go Packers here? Because I know you've never really bought into them in the playoffs that much. There's always been the skepticism. There's always been the skepticism, and I would go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but now without Chris Godwin and... Antonio Brown just came out in the last hour and said so he's fast. getting foot surgery or ankle surgery. Don't know if you saw that. That was confirmed because I saw the memo. I skimmed it and pretty much read that he was hurt. Arians was out of pocket and was trying to make him go and then cut him for not playing hurt. But I saw they have he's still on the roster. Yeah. They have not waived him yet. There hasn't been any any official move made. So. I'm wondering if maybe the timetable on the surgery is like a three to four week recovery and he pops up in no, uh, the no. game before the Super Bowl or Regardless something. Regardless of what happens. Crazier things have I'm going to take some advice you gave me when we were doing fantasy um, 
fantasy bargains. You said don't take yeah. AB. I said it's worth it. Yeah. And whenever you're in a fantasy championship, start the guy because they're playing the Jets. They're down two touchdowns, and you think you're going to get 15 more points from him. And then you get a text saying he <laughs> took his clothes off and walked off the field. You're like, wait a minute. That's that's why I wouldn't touch him. You just that, never know. The guy's a loose That's cannon. easily the most preposterous like scenario I could have thought of. Um, Wild. So, and the fact that Vance was at that game, too, makes it even crazier. Yeah. Because of the Godwin and A.B. situation, I will not be taking the Bucks. I will take the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, winning oh. MVP, just has absolutely dominated since week two on. He's in command. He's in control. And I think in year three here, LaFleur, has, he's got experience. He's been there before. They got home field. It goes through Lambeau. Got to take him. I'm just worried about the run defense. I have been the last three years, and that's still, it's been better this year. And I know they've got a couple guys like Zadarius Smith should be coming back in the next couple weeks, but I just don't trust them and feel like they could run into a matchup where somebody puts up 250 rushing yards on them and they just get dominated time of possession wise, like the 49ers did to him a couple yeah, years di- ago. Yeah, different team. I just have. I've got a bad feeling. I don't know. Watching how the Ravens put up points that easily on them with a backup quarterback. I I still like the Packers. I still think they're going to make a run. They're going to be, they're not going down in their first game or anything like that, but I'm just, I don't know. At at plus 380, being the Super Bowl front runner, usually I'm back in the Packers going into the playoffs and my gut says go the other way this year, but I, I don't know. Well, I hope you don't take my third team. And that pick was just because... They have the least flaws, I guess. The least baggage about yeah. them right now. And they've got the best quarterback in the league at the moment, even if he's got a broken toe. Who you got next? This is where it gets tough because I'm between Tampa Bay and the Rams, and I know you're not going to take the Rams next. So part of me wants to leave them on the board, but I legitimately think they are going to make a run. I think everyone's counting them out. I think people are looking at the Stafford picks and think, oh, blah, 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 blah. They can't do it. Stafford's not for real. But at the end of the day, they're 12 and four, and they've played really bad in some of these games. And they're still 12 and four, and they're the most talented roster in the league. So I'm going with the Rams. Okay. <laughs> That's not where you're going to go. Was no, it? it's not. Uh, and I. You can have Tampa Bay. I, I don't trust them this year. I was all over them last year. I don't trust it this year. Okay, just because I don't want to bet against Tom Brady, give me the Bucks. <laughs> okay. He's the GOAT. The defense is getting a little bit healthier at the right time. I, mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. Guy, it just doesn't seem like their year. It seems like everything <laughs> that's just going wrong could. Yeah, it, things, aren't, things aren't great right there right now, but at the end of the day, Tom Brady's still the quarterback running the ship. Who you got next? I know who you want next, and I'm, I'll I was going to take them. them. I was going to take them for. There's two teams. You can take them next. You, you can take the Cowboys, and you can take the Bills right after. I don't want either of them. I think they're both phony frauds. <laughs> so I know you think this team is a phony fraud. So I'm gonna uh, actually. I'll leave them. Oh. I'm going with the Bengals. I'm oh. getting. I'm getting in my bag here. The Cincinnati Bengals. I was on the phone with you last night, yeah. and I told you I've got a weird feeling they could make a run, and with the odds that they have. They're 20 to 1. I mean, a little sprinkle maybe? Why not? Because the way that Joe Burrow is playing and the way that they are set up offensively with the weapons that they have, they can put up points on anyone, and all it's going to take is Joe Burrow to have a couple games like he has the last two weeks, string together a few more good ones, and holy shit, we're going to blink and they're going to be in the Super Bowl, and it's going to be this crazy story and this anointment of Joe Burrow and yada, yada, yada. So I'm going to say this. If you're into NFTs, if you're into sports cards, any type of collectibles, scoop up anything Joe Burrow you can get right now. I I know prices will be crazy high after the last two weeks, but I tell you, if this guy goes in a playoff run, he's going to jump into that Mahomes category very fast. People are going to be all over Joe Burrow, man. I'm telling you, if this keeps going the way that it's trending and they have a good playoff showing, people are going to be crowning him the next one. And people are going to be like, Mahomes, Mahomes and Burrow, the next Peyton and Brady? I think so. Coming up next on first take. It's coming. <laughs> I do like the trading card uh, recommendation there. I got to ask you. Yeah. 
if you're taking a quarterback to build your franchise around and you cannot select Rodgers, Brady, or Patrick Mahomes, where on the list is Burrow? Joe Burrow, because I think, number one, the way that he is with the locker room and the mentality and just the swagger and I'm going to go fucking win, I don't care how much it takes, he's like Brady. He, he's I think mentality-wise, he's the closest QB we've seen to Brady since Brady. Like He is the next one. I really do think so, and I think Mahomes is more talented, way more talented. His arm strength isn't even... You can't even put them in the same conversation. But the way that Burrow carries himself and the way that that team plays for him, he gets another level out of them that I don't think hardly any other QBs other than Brady get out of their guys. So for that reason alone, I'm going with Burrow. I think I'd go with him too. Over Justin Herbert, over yeah. Deshaun Watson, over Kyler oh, Murray. Sure, I mean. um, Kyler, the durability is the thing, man. The second half of the year, he just can't stay healthy. I'd put... It would be Josh Allen or Burrow for me, but I think Burrow, yes, he does have that it factor. It's a lot of what you've heard people say about Mac Jones all season, but Burrow just has more talent. Let's be honest. Yeah, he would. I agree. Plus, he's more mobile. The arm strength's a little bit better, and he's got a little bit more moxie than Mac. And he's got the three really nice weapons there already. He's also got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler. Yeah, Ford. I was reading Shield Kapadia's article from the Athletic talking about what owners should do, what they should look for when hiring a coach, right? Okay. One of those things he was talking about was offensive efficiency, how you should prioritize an offensive coach or someone who can dial up great offense over defense because it's more sticky year to year. I totally agree. Burrow has that over Mac Jones for sure. He's going to be putting up big numbers. I mean, I mean, Mac's a system QB. Let's be honest. He's great. He's going to be really freaking good with the Patriots, but he's going to be a product of that system. And if you go throw him out in Jacksonville, he might look worse than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Would he look better with the weapons Burrow has? Yes, probably. But the point was, I think it was 16 or 19 of the last Super Bowl um, winners were like top 10 DVOA in offense, whereas only four of them were top 10 DVOA defense. So you need to be able to put up points. Burrow's going to be doing that for a decade. My only worry is that this dude does not feel the pressure when it's coming. He gets clobbered. He was getting his ass put on the ground, and I worry about his longevity. I think that they go offensive line with every single draft pick over the next five years. And I think that's how you fix that problem. Yep. All of all, pretty much all your money on free agency, go to the defense. You keep those receivers there. You keep burrow there, keep mixing there for a few more years. And you just sure up that line with draft picks. And then you spend the big bucks on the defense. We went a little long on that one. My third pick is going to be mm-hmm. the Buffalo bills. The sure. second the second quarterback be. I would take to build around Josh Allen. He was Superman against the Patriots a couple weeks back. I was just beyond impressed by that performance. Carried them. They got revenge over that ugly snow game, whatever you want to call it. I yeah. like them. I like their coaching. I like that defense, even without Trey White. They got good safeties, good pass rush. Been saying it all year long. And I think that dude can make the plays when they need to be made. He can most of the time. And I I will say, of all the teams that are trending in the right direction at the right time, they've got to be at the top of that list. But something with Allen and something with that team, I still just don't trust them. And when you get into those weird, crappy weather games in Buffalo, anything can happen. And I've always said, I won't touch touch Buffalo Bills in fantasy. I I will die on that. Has Buffalo ever won anything? Hey, Josh Allen was the number one QB in fantasy this year. Did he really finish at number one? I'm pretty sure he was going into the last week and he put up 22. So, okay, well, proven wrong there. But (laughs) have there not been a few weeks over the last month or so where the weather is so shitty and you just think to yourself, man, literally anything could happen in this game? Sure. There's been a couple. There's been a couple where they got the winds whistling, negative wind chill. It's it's ugly. The snow's coming down. Whatever. Do you have any points outside of that? I'll never trust the Buffalo Bills till they win a Super Bowl. Okay. Um, I am the Buffalo Bills of fantasy football in one of my leagues. You can't win. Nobody cares about. 
I made the championship four years in a row, lost every single time to two different people. Crazy. That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Who, who you got next? It was a rough fantasy year. Um, let me go with, uh, man, I know you're not going to take them, but let me go with the Cardinals. I still think that if they write the ship, they can get hot. If they can just tap into whatever they had working for them at the beginning of the season, I mean, we saw them go on, what, a nine-game winning streak? So clearly the talent's there. If they can just piece it all together and Kyler can get back in the groove and Hopkins comes Is, back and looks good. What's the deal good. with Hopkins? Is he coming back? Yeah, he's coming back. I think they're just being very cautious so they have him for the playoffs. And I think it's one of those things where if he had to play, like if it had been a playoff game two or three weeks ago, he probably would have been out there on a snap count. But I think they know they have a playoff spot locked in. Regular season doesn't mean shit. We'd rather have our guys healthy for the playoffs. And I also think that's part of the reason why they took so long to bring Kyler back. Better safe than sorry. Be healthy for the playoffs. Okay. I do not like the Cardinals the rest of the way at all. I know you don't. I know you don't. But they damn sure look good against your Cowboys, didn't they? <laughs> oh, dude. Dak just, he's not right. He is not the same player he was through the Patriots game. There's no arguing. And Micah Parsons went on the COVID list. Just sucks going up against the Eagles this week because hate that franchise. Um, <laughs> all right. My next pick is this pick number four for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with, how about Mike Vrabel in the Tennessee Titans, man? This team just knows how to get it done. They picked up two running backs off the scrap heap. One who we've always kind of liked, Deontay Foreman. Yeah, I've loved Foreman, man. I've loved him. I've been waiting for him to come back from that Achilles injury and look good. Yeah, I've kind of given up hope on him. Hey, but they've been able to get it done without the big dog who came back to practice today wednesday and in a playoff game they know their identity they're gonna run the ball they have a game breaker on the outside and aj brown just like what they have and if it's a close game in the fourth quarter i mean i just feel like they're going to win every single time it just happens time and time i just again. don't trust them i don't trust them they've had some big wins well, i mean they've look at the rest of the losses. crop here that we're picking from i i know i know I, i'm just saying i don't think i would have taken them Unless they're like the last ones, because I just don't trust them for some reason. I love Rabel. I think he's a great coach, but just all around the talent that they have and some of the defensive games where they just let anybody score as many points as they want. I don't know, man. I don't trust Tennessee. And I, I get a weird feeling looking at the numbers and I don't want to read too deep into it because I know when you got three different guys getting the carries and they're all fresh, it changes things. But the fact that offensively they put up the exact same rushing numbers that they did with Henry without him, I don't know. I think it's a little bit weird, and I don't think it's as big of a drop-off as everyone assumed it would be. Why? Foreman's been really freaking good. <laughs> okay, well. It's not a reason not to trust him, but I, I just don't think that they're going to have this gigantic shot in the arm and everything's so different when Henry gets back. Oh, I, mean, I don't, The numbers have been the same. I don't either, but they've continued to win, and they earned the one seed in a loaded AFC. So. Yeah, and they've got the buy. I think that's the biggest thing. They've got the exactly. buy. Unless something crazy happens this weekend, but it shouldn't. Who you got? All right. Give me the Patriots. I've been on them all year. I know they're struggling right now. It's Bill Belichick, man. I don't think Mac Jones, rookie QB, is going to win the Super Bowl, but at the same time, I wouldn't be just flat out shocked if they did. Okay. And that's all I got. I don't have any deep analysis. It's Bill Belichick. Yeah. Really good scoring defense. Um, one bad game against the Bills where Josh Allen was the best player on the field, and then they come out and just yeah. throttle the Jags, get back on it. I like him there. Um, my next pick is going to be the Colts. Let's go. Carson Wentz, big fan, eh? I'm taking Carson Wentz here. It's mainly a Frank Reich thing. I really like yeah. him as a coach. The offensive line is getting healthier have a fantastic running back, a few nice weapons on the outside. And defense let's be honest, really good the defense has really defense come on really as the years gone along. I mean, they were always... As we predicted, yeah. we, we they were banged up coming into the year. We knew on both sides of the ball they were going to struggle the first four or five weeks. Their schedule was kind of tough in the front, easier in the back. Uh, we, we will said it. This team could start one and six and wind up making the playoffs. Absolutely. 
I like the way the Colts play, so I got to take him here. Yeah, I like it. I think they're a really good team, and you know I've been a Went supporter. I just don't see him raising a Lombardi trophy, but with what we got left, I think they they probably have and to just, have been the best option. Just imagine if they had Andrew Luck. Over Dallas, though, man. You do not gonna, believe they you know. When was the last time they beat a good team? I think they suck. I mean, I've said it all year. I, not suck. I think they're, of all of the average yeah, teams, I the think they're the here. best. And they've just been <laughs> able to beat up on their shitty division. Yes. I mean, okay. they... Okay, well, I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm going to fade the crap out of They haven't beat a good play. team in a while. And Gallup's out for the year. I, I know that's not going to be like a giant loss, but that's still their third receiver that helps free things up for CD and Amari sometimes. Yeah, Cedric Wilson's been good, though. Okay, this team might not even make the playoffs if they lose this week, but give me the 49ers. I think if they get in there with Shanahan and that defense, they can make some noise. He'll scheme stuff up. He's always going to have an advantage just from the coaching edge. And I don't like Jimmy. I don't really like Lance a ton, but it's the 49ers, and I just think Shanahan's good, and they got a really good defense. That's where I would have gone, man. I mean, they've been there before. Yeah. Got to give them the credit. They, Facts, they and finished they finished strong, strong yeah. the second half. They looked like they were done in week seven, and here they are. Okay. At this point, I still have... Just take them. Take your boys. All right, let's do it. <laughs> let's go. You got to. I mean, what, are you going to take Philly over them? Let's go with Dallas. Pros. Good <laughs> offensive line. That's your line. favorite team. Good offensive line. Granted, Tyron Smith has not played in like a month. That dude is made of glass. Hope, hope, I'm hoping they're just resting <laughs> him for the playoffs. I think that's the case. Um, pass rush is healthy. Lawrence has been good. Gregory's had an awesome year. Parsons, yada, yada. We all know he's great. Um, Diggs, slightly overrated. So I don't know if you remember, on like the first NFL podcast, I said, I'm not when sure. When you said he was a number two. Trayvon yeah. Diggs you might have been can right. be a number one guy. <laughs> He's a playmaker. Man, that guy likes getting burnt. Dude might as well be called Toast because he is burnt more often than anything else I've ever or seen. Or Marcus Peters, too, because they're very similar players. Yeah, I think I like Marcus Peters better, though. That's okay. I don't know. D- Diggs, like, the picks are awesome, but he's literally been the worst corner in the league by a lot of metrics that you look at. And I know, sure, he's guarding a lot of number one and number two receivers, but that guy's either making a pick or he's getting burnt for a tutty every other play. I try to take PFF stats with a grain of salt, so I'm sure I'm not but ready see, to like. Seeing that he's given up the most yards per game, he's been burnt on the most plays. Like he leads a lot of corners and stats that you don't want to lead. And granted, he also leads in some good ones like interceptions. But I, I think people read too deep into that stat too much, and they think interceptions are the only metric to measure good corners by and everyone just assumes he's the best in the game right now when if you watch a full game there is at least four or five plays where you go man he took a gamble there and that sure didn't work out true but when you have a high-powered offense get into a lot of shootouts naturally you're going to get more balls coming your way i i don't i'm not making a big deal of that but like i said maybe he's not this true shutdown guy okay um interested to see how that plays out next year and if he's still getting all the number one receivers how teams are attacking him if they try to get him on a lot of double moves because i know arizona got him a couple times um aj green gets 10 yards downfield and he fakes like he's coming in or running a slant and then all of a sudden he's going and Diggs is just lost in his tracks i mean hit him with a little double move and he's gone yeah not a great look um one thing i hope to see this week and in the first round can we run the ball again? Why did we go away from this Zach Martin-led power run game? That opens things up for Dak, takes pressure off him. He's clearly not 100%. So I think Kellen Moore's a little overrated, and I think all of the – he's I mean, yeah. the next big dog coach. I, I've never seen it because even like back into last year when the Cowboys got off to the slow start, like you were saying, abandoning the run and just trying to throw it 55 times a game from the jump, it's probably not going to work unless you have a guy like Josh Allen that's just in peak MVP type form and can do it. But Dak is not that guy at this point, whether it's health, whether it's confidence, whatever it is, he does not need to be throwing the ball more than 35 times. And Kellen Moore just gets too freaking pass happy, I think. Who you got off the scrap heap here? 
give me the Chargers. I I don't like Philly, and I just think <laughs> the Chargers with Herbert in that offense, they could maybe get hot for a couple games. And I I don't know, man. Nah, we're at we're at the bottom of the barrel here. I don't have much. Yeah, they were pretty disappointing to end the year. I mean, the defense is finally getting healthy. Like Derwin James is back. Bosa should be back. But I just I'm I'm not going to go put any money on them to win any playoff games, even if they get in. I mean, part of me kind of wants to take the Raiders this weekend. Yeah, I don't think that would be a bad idea. My final pick. Mm, Yeah, let's hear it. I'm just going to go Raiders or Philly. I'm going to go with a team that actually has clinched the playoffs. Um, That's the Eagles. They went away from Jalen Hurts trying to throw the ball to running the rock. Bo- a 180, man. A freaking 180. Yeah, and like Boston Scott isn't some elite talent, but the fact that he wasn't even used for the first half of the season always kind of surprised me because I thought he had some juice, and yep. he does. They've been giving him the ball. He's been making plays. Jalen Hurts keeping them in games, not turning the ball over. I like what they've done. Good offensive line and defensive line. So let's go with Philly. All right. Well, that wraps it up for us then. I'll run through my teams really quick and then let you run through yours. I've got the Chiefs, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Bengals, the Patriots, the 49ers, and the Chargers. Those are my seven. I only like one of those. (laughs) Well, I don't like any of yours, so fuck off. I like the Chiefs, Patriots. I know you hate the Rams and, and Cardinals. Niners. Hey, let me tell you something. When we did our preseason futures pod, you and we Lucas s- clowned me for picking two teams in the same division to make the playoffs, and here we are. No, did yes, I, I picked. We we went with playoff picks, and I said I'm most confident in two teams: the Cardinals and the Rams. And you guys both laughed, and you said, "Well, they're in the same division. How are they both going to make it?" I said, "Just wait." All four could make it. We're going to get three, probably. Not all four. Don't act but like still. it's an anomaly for two teams for the same division. You guys were. You guys were on my head. Eagles are in here. Come on. Well, the Rams and the Niners. Like, did you pick them both to make it? Get out of here. The, the Titans and the Colts. That's ridiculous. Um, I got to pull out this clip because uh, you you fellas got a couple chuckles out of me, and uh, it's a little bit hurt. I said I'm going to remember this when the season ends, and uh, both my teams are there. My teams are the Packers, the Bucks, the Bills, Titans, Colts, Cowboys, and Eagles. So, I just realized, are you almost all one side here? No. Because no? I have the Titans and the Bills. Oh, okay. Then and the Colts. Else on the other side. Yeah, so. okay. Never mind. Never mind. We're, we're more diverse than I thought. I was <laughs> thinking you had nearly all NFC here, but I'm wrong. All right, let's close it out. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Before we get to what we've been watching, I got one question for you. Of all of the teams with the crazy Super Bowl odds, like I'm talking like Colts 21 to 1, 49ers 34 to 1, even even like the Patriots at 17 to 1, Eagles at 50 to 1. Is there anything that jumps out at you, or do you think that's just a lost cause and it's going to be one of the top dogs? Pulling it up right now. I personally feel like it's a weird year where we don't have those two or three super dominant teams that are a lock to make a deep run. And it's kind of why I like the Bengals. I just feel like literally anything could happen. Yeah. I mean, if we're going long shot, I, I really like only the top four. Like only Packers, I, well, Chiefs, Tampa Bay, and Bills. Those are the the four I think realistically might do it. And I might okay. even toss the Titans in there. But value, that lump of three, Bengals, Colts, Niners, that's where I would go. Yeah, Bengals at 20, Colts at 21, and Niners at 34. Those three teams know who they are, and the Bengals have some playmakers on D. And they've both had very strong second halves to the year, so I like it. Maybe maybe a little $10 sprinkle on each of them or something. (laughs) There you go. All right, let's get to what we've been watching. We've obviously had a little bit of time, been at home, you know, been, been on some planes with time to watch stuff and catch up on a little TV and movie action here. So what have you been watching, man? I've only really got one show, but I'm curious okay. what you've been into. Uh, I have three like completely out there movies that I've watched with my roommates over the okay. past few weeks. And then one TV show, which is 
super cringe. Um, Let's hear the movies first. All right. So Metropolitan. This is it. Never heard of it. I don't even, I can't even remember where I saw it, but it's a 1990s debut film by Whit Stillman. This dude had never made a movie. It got nominated for best screenplay uh, for, for the Oscars. And it's like a bunch of college freshmen, this one redhead who's a Princeton freshman. He's trying to fit in with all these like uber rich kids. They dress up in like suits and stuff every day. And they pretty much just get together and talk about like nonsense. They're living in their own world. The dialogue was sensational, just like super funny. But it's one of those you have to kind of pay attention to and like. So there is a plot. It's not just like dude shooting the shit. Sort of. I mean, like, like there's a plot, but there's not kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's about this kid, Tom Townsend, the redhead from Princeton, trying to weasel his way into this friend group. And he thinks okay. that all the stuff they care about is kind of nonsense, but he's also like fascinated by them at the same time. Kind of interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, next movie. Other two. Okay. What do you got? One Hour Photo, 2002 thriller with Robin Williams. This movie was weird. What? Yeah. I mean, Robin Williams in a thriller? That doesn't sound right. Yeah. It was kind of creepy. Actually, very creepy. <laughs> So he is a photo processor at like the Save Mart. Oh, I I already know where this is going. He noticed like some ghosts and some weird stuff in old photos nah, type so thing. The boogeyman in the back of one. He's very like detail oriented, anal about like how the ink in the processor is, whatever. Yeah. And he like he's the best photo developer there could ever be, but he gets to know his clients really well and pays a little too much attention to their photos. In his apartment, he has an entire wall full of photos of this one family. Uh-oh. And he's a total creep about it. He's like always asking about the son and how he's doing and everything. Meanwhile, actually, I'm not going to spoil it. Because okay. if someone wants to go watch it, gets it they crazy should. though. It, it, it gets crazy. Take some wild turns. Weird role for Robin Williams. Hadn't seen him in anything like that. Yeah, that's that's shocking to me. He's, like, he's always in the happy-go-lucky field. Yeah, no, role. he's like a 60-year-old guy that lives by himself, has no friends, no family, and these people that he makes photos for are his family. Um, Interesting. Last one, Wild Things. I'd be very careful about who you watch this one with. Oh, yeah. You told me yeah. to watch this. I yeah. meant to, but yeah. some some uh, some good-looking cast in there, right? 1998. It's Matt Dillon, Kevin Bacon, Prime Denise Richards, and uh, Nevi Campbell. I might have said that wrong, but she's Sydney, <laughs> Sydney Prescott from the Scream franchise. So you, uh, I've never seen Scream, so okay. I don't know. Um, here's the IMDb. A police detective uncovers a conspiracy behind a case involving a high school guidance counselor when accusations of rape are made against him by two female students. Uh, I didn't read the description, but I watched the trailer, and I think I can imagine where this goes now. Okay. Yeah. Well, interesting. And then Wikipedia says... A 1998 American neo noir erotic crime thriller film. I mean, Jeez. yeah, it, so is it like a like is is it one of those things where it's all about the two girls and him and whatever they do and it's like a did he do it did he not type of thing? Yes. Is he a bad guy? Is he not? Okay, he said she kind of the vibe said I got from the film. and like there will be a scene and then it will like fade to black and you hear the and then like you won't know what happens. And it's gotcha. constantly what, taking What noise turns. was that you just made? Was that a like an alarm clock? Was that like a, like the, a moan? Ah, like the, ah, I can't do it. Like the wavy ghost voice? Yes, like, ah, yes. Okay, yeah. gotcha. I, I just, the noise was close to something else. I just was trying to make sure I was on the right track there. Yeah, on Netflix, the first two were on HBO Max, so. There's two? No, the first two movies I mentioned. Oh, okay. I was like, man, how did they how did they milk a second one out of this? <laughs> but this one was on Netflix and it was wild. Like turn after turn, you could never predict the ending. I would watch it before it leaves the program or the platform. All right. L- let me ask this. One way or another, was justice served? Or would that spoil it? Yeah, I can't answer that. Okay. Interesting. Well, hopefully it was. All right. What show you been watching? 
All right, I, I'm giving another cringe recommendation. If you need something to binge, oh man, where are we going? Emily in Paris, watch it. What? I don't even know what that is. Oh my gosh, it's Lily Collins, Phil Collins' st- uh, daughter. Fun fact: she works for a marketing firm in Chicago. Gets to go to Paris and gets like she has. To- oh, I think I've seen this. Is this basically like Taken before Taken? No, it's like lighthearted, okay, like something else. Something really else. corny. Like if you watched it, you'd be like, "What the hell is wrong with him?" But so 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 why should I watch it again? It's amazingly bingeable. You'll get hooked on it. I'm telling you, it's how stupid. many seasons? The the second season came out uh, last month. So I binge that over the break. I mean, you can you can knock it out in a day easily. In a day, dog? What are you? Are you going twelve hours straight? No, I didn't do that. But the season one, I stayed up on a work night and watched like six episodes till two in the morning. They're thirty minutes. Oh, damn. Okay. Oh, okay. Only thirty minutes. That makes yeah. sense then. All right. Well, I might have to give it a shot. There's then. some good looking people in it, and they're <laughs> right. in Paris the whole time. Peter Peter I mean, likes a good looking cast, eh? Uh, I mean. You're watching something to get away from whatever you're doing in your normal life. Like, if that's, I can go to Paris true. and look at good people and whatever. I would like, love to look at good people in movies and in real life. But that's a lot to ask sometimes. <laughs> All right. You've been watching Succession. Let's you're hear your damn thoughts. right I have been. I feel like Ben Simmons and Ryan Russillo and Chris Long right now. Like, oh, let's talk Succession. Every, I mean, every podcast end, has been talking about it. That's true. So I just watched the first episode of the third season last night. So by this next weekend, by our next pod, I'll be all caught up. Mm. And man, it is uh, it's one of those shows that you kind of hate watch. Like you don't really like very many of the characters. And if anything, you're watching to hopefully see them fail versus see them succeed or just see like what ridiculous fireworks are going to go off and who's going to make a fool of themselves because Man, I'll tell you, I think there's only one character I really like in the show that I want to succeed. Who's that? It's Greg. Okay. It's got to be. I mean, I hate Tom. Tom's just, I was glad that he finally kind of gave it to Shiv and wasn't going to let her walk all over him. But at the same time, I was like, man, I think that's the first moment in this entire show where I've liked Tom at all. And uh, I'm kind of rooting for it to get pinned on him. Obviously, that didn't happen. And turn this off right now if you're not into season three of Succession. But Kendall, his his power move there at the end when his dad said he didn't have the killer instinct. I kind of had a feeling he was going to do something like that. Uh, also ironic because he literally killed somebody in the show. But um, I know that's going to come up at some point and Logan will bring that up. But I got to ask you, is this like, is Logan Roy supposed to be Trump? Is that like where it's kind of no. loosely pointing at type thing? He's supposed to be like Rupert Murdoch that owns Fox. That was my next guess. Okay. Figured it had to do with Trump or Fox News, one of the two. But regardless of what it's based off, whether you're supposed to love him or hate him, I'm curious to see what happens because Jerry just got named CEO and I'm still waiting for the scene where her and Roman get it on because that's inevitably coming. But I'll tell you this, I got a hot take and I'm sure it's not that much of a hot take at this point where I'm at. But I already know Greg's going to take over at some point. (laughs) There's no reason to bring Greg in the way that they did without having him serve some sort of big purpose. And it kind of reminds me of Game of Thrones where it's like, what is up with this brand kid? Why are they giving him all this attention in the beginning? Why are they building this? Like, who cares about him? He's not fun. He's not in the action. He's not one of the main kids. I feel the same way about Greg. Like, why is he here? What's the purpose? Why is he so caught up in all this? Why is he Why is he the one with Tom shredding the records? Why is he the one off with Kendall doing stuff? He's going to play some huge role in this. And I just got a feeling Greg's going to weasel his way to the top and everyone's going to be happy at the end. Like, ah, he's the one guy we actually liked. Crazy young nephew Greg is the CEO. He's <laughs> he's running the show away star. I, I feel like that's what's going to happen. I will say the only episode of Succession I have ever seen was the season three finale. Wait, you haven't watched it? No. I thought you'd seen it all. <laughs> nope. But this was... What the hell? This was the first show where I legitimately got like FOMO because I didn't know what was going on. And it's like the next big thing right now, you know, like game of Thrones was like breaking bad was yeah. like lost was, I feel like this is almost on that level. Well, I caught up to Thrones with a couple of seasons left, so I never really felt like that out of the loop. This okay. one is different because everyone was talking about it. 
I'm seeing all these memes of Greg and all these tweets with the letters S H I V. I'm like, Shiv? Like, is that somebody's yeah. name? Like, what she is stinks. This? I mean, there, there are moments where I like her, but 90% of the time, I'm like, ah, can it just yeah. not be her? Like, just not her. Well, I will speculate that they put Greg in the show to give the viewers a character to like. And that's a good point. I walked away from the finale liking both Tom and Greg. Oh, f- well, Tom doesn't get fed to the sharks then. Um, okay, that's interesting. Well, I mean, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, don't say too much. I didn't know a lot. I was probably annoying the roommates. Why don't you watch it? Why don't you, you just like I saw, saw, you know, the finale of the last season? I don't care to. Um, I got some things I need to get done. Dude, you're I, watching Emily in Paris. Yeah, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, you can that, watch this. But literally, I was I was watching one episode before bed, and then the next night I watched two. This was like one hour. I'm at home with the rent. Okay, well, like, there's only totally there's different only ten episodes per season here, so I feel like it's a pretty easy watch. What do you got going on this weekend? I got things to do, man. My calendar is booked. All right, well, my <laughs> calendar's busy too, but I've still found some time to watch Succession. Dude. I know we're both busy. We we both watch a lot of sports. We work well over the normal week of most, but there's always time for some good hey. shows and football. No more college football, man. You got time. Yeah, man. I need a lot of stuff to slow down. Um, but I, I have so many shows every time I'm like seeing people from home or I'm at the lake seeing friends and, or like the aunts and uncles. It's like, oh, you haven't seen Yellowstone? You haven't yeah, seen Succession? Yeah, you I've just given up this? on the Yellowstone boat. It's I like, missed it. I'm I'm not getting on. It's like, it's whatever. Yeah, like I I don't even watch TV shows really. Like if I'm watching anything, I'm watching except if it's NBA Emily Paris. or uh, NFL. But yes, I will watch some stupid, mindless stuff like that every some now. Some too hot to handle. Yes, like if it's mindless, I will watch it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Like throw it on while you're knocking out some emails or finishing right. stuff up. Scroll on Twitter at the end of the night type thing. Okay. Mo- I got movies you. on the other hand, it's one sitting and I keep a list in my phone of like classic films I want to watch just to be able to talk about with people because I feel like I'm missing out on stuff. Haven't seen the Godfather I, I like movies. I've Damn, missed out exposed on myself. Haven't seen those. I've never seen Titanic. Ah. I, don't, I know I what like happens. Really like to. the ship goes down. Leonardo DiCaprio's <laughs> in there. There's some love scenes. Like, ah, I've heard enough. Yeah, like, that's my other thing with all the classic movies. Like, you hear enough about it, and it's like, sure, it sounds awesome. I'd love to watch it, except you've spoiled the whole damn thing, and now I know everything that's gonna happen. So, what's the point of me watching it? For me, it's like 2020. I watched Goodfellas and Casino. Watch that either for the first time and like I sit on Wikipedia for 30 minutes like reading up on all the characters and about real life and everything like those types of movies are sick like this metro I love the metropolitan movie like it was just it was so different from anything I'd seen before like I like stuff like that I've been trying to uh I've been going to the rewatchables list there you, know, you go. Bill Simmons and yeah. all do it the ringer. And I figured these all surely have to be like the Good classic news. movies. So yeah, if I'm ever like, I need something, I'll go scroll through that <laughs> there list. You and go. Find one. They're like, they talk about heat all the time. Never seen that, but that's one I'll throw on the list. And it's need on to the see. list. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Point break. All right, Peter, let's get out of here. Any other final thoughts you want to leave us with? I know we're going to get to some hoops next week. Obviously, playoffs coming, so we're going to dedicate a good chunk of the show to the the first-round matchups, everything like that. We probably aren't going to go pick Super Bowl winners again, but definitely going to hit some NFL and then get some much-needed hoops on the show, right? Yeah, that's why we saved it. I mean, I want to talk about some draft risers, just draft updates in general, because it's not a Chet Paolo number one conversation anymore. Yeah, it seems pretty wide open. Um, yeah. Jabari Smith has entered the fold. And then, like, I would love to do some rookie ladder stuff. Josh Giddy, youngest player in history, to drop a triple-double. The Fallen. Th- the Thunder. Fallen. I got uh, I got Giddy's very first points. You know, his top shot debut, his oh. rookie card all. Like the, I bought it. I was like, I, this guy's going to be good. It's $90. Bought it, like, three months ago. I haven't even looked at the price. I hope it's gone up. <laughs> nice. Yeah, my roommate Tom, he's a big Magic fan. We like to give each other shit because both of our teams suck. He's got Franz yeah. Wagner just putting on a clinic. Been how so wrong impressed with have, him. How wrong was I about him, dude? 
I thought I thought it was a reach. I thought he might be all right after the first few games. I was like, ah, yeah, I think my gut was right. He's not really. He's no lottery pick. He's more like his brother. But damn, he's a baller. He's he's freaking knocking down corner threes. He's putting people on posters. He's yeah. I mean, he's put up thirty a couple times. I've been just shocked with how good he's been. He's just like a perfect connector. Like you don't really. You don't need him to go create his own shot, but he can score just through the flow of the offense. Like he's insanely yeah. impressive. Yeah, that's a good point. But if you need someone to create a shot, he can do it as well. Yeah. All right. We'll talk hoops next week. For sure. Let's just stop now before we go down a long <laughs> rabbit hole and the pod lasts 30 more minutes. Yeah, it was good to be back. Uh, thank you. If you're listening to this right now, we really appreciate it. I know it's been up and down like last quarter of the year for us on the pod saying we were trying to do twice a week but it's tough we're re-upped re-energized and we're ready to be back so let's get it 2022 we're going nuts all right we'll be back next week peace